0: you're listening to manufacturing ignition hot topics bringing you right up to date on the latest trends and discussions within uk manufacturing sponsored by bonfire recruitment helping manufacturing leaders across the uk to attract the best talent for their manufacturing company ignite your business or career today by visiting www.bonfirerecruitment.com here's your host terry mallin Welcome to this week's Manufacturing Ignition Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this week's show. I'm delighted to be joined by Simon Cuthbert, who is the Senior Vice President for the Supply Chain for Rolls-Royce Marine. Simon has an executive responsibility for the procurement, planning, and control for a variety of products sold into the global commercial uh, marine market. It's hardware such as winches, withers, electrical systems, bridge consoles, and steering gear. The reason why I'm really excited to have Simon on the show uh, this week is in addition to these somewhat traditional products that we tend to see, he also provides a supply chain leadership for the Rolls-Royce Ship Intelligence Programme, which is changing the marine industry. And that's with its thought uh, leadership on intelligent asset management and remote and autonomous vessels, which is exciting. Because I know on previous podcasts we've talked about autonomous vehicles, And now we're going to talk about autonomous shipping and autonomous vessels. And these are groundbreaking products, you know. Simon, I'm delighted to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thanks
1: for the invitation.
0: Pleased to be here. Great. Great. And and to introduce this week's hot topic, as we have briefly mentioned there, is autonomous shipping defining the future. Simon, could you give us a wee introduction into into autonomous shipping and what Rolls-Royce are doing? Sure, Terry, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna take us back a bit and
1: start way back in the uh, 1800s. Actually, we started with steam okay. engines. If, if we just think of where we've been, so in the commercial shipping industry, Victorian era steam engines. We move into the into the 1940s, 50s, into mass production of, of vessels, and then into the super containerization into the 50s, 60s, and 70s that we see on the ocean today, and of course multiple other vessels like cruise liners etc where we are right now is is what we're calling a kind of 4.0 digitalization of the marine fleet and that's going to take us we started thinking about this a couple of years ago and really setting the pace in what does the future of shipping look like going forward and really we kind of we think about how we have remote and autonomous vessels what does that mean Who's the customer? What are the benefits for that? How are we going to improve the efficiency of a vessel when you consider that its operating costs are dominated by fuel and and capex? What can we do around those things? How do we improve cargo handling and generate some very significant improvements and cost reduction to the fleet operator as much as 20 30% can be taken out of his fuel costs using some of these technologies? What drives us to do this and, and safety has to sit pretty much at the top as it does with much of the innovation that takes place in, in product and manufacturing. You know, Human errors are estimated to cause uh, upwards of 80% of all marine accidents. So you may begin to wonder, well, what if you didn't have such a likelihood of human error by removing some of those decisions, particularly in very difficult and stressful situations? And you could rely on the technology to make those calls or at least provide the suggestion of what to do uh, next. I've touched on cost. How do we make vessels lean? How do we reduce the risk of not only accidents, but how do we reduce the risk of cargo handling across the entire supply chain from port of loading to port of discharge? How do we know where that vessel is constantly? How do we protect the integrity of the cargo that it's carrying? And then finally, into sustainability, how do we how do we get to that point where these are sustainable um, journeys that the vessels are making to attract, particularly in the leisure industry or, or, or passenger fleet? How do we attract that that customer that's conscious about the environment and wants a sustainable method of moving from A to B, be it a ferry or a cruise or some other some other vessel journeys?
0: Could, Simon, could this be any 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 size of of vessel?
1: It can be any size of vessel. We're particularly interested in the in the what, what I guess most people might think of the the larger vessels, so platforms support vessels. I mentioned ferries, containers, but tugs is an area where we are particularly at breaking new ground. And and only a couple of years ago, we we demonstrated the world's first remotely operated tug uh, in operation, and we did that in the harbour at Copenhagen with a, a couple of partners of ours. But that that really was a groundbreaking achievement. So, so we have operators sat in remote operating centres on land in Copenhagen, and they are um, controlling that vessel on a on a short demonstration journey in the harbour and safely guiding it back to the quayside. Now, that may be something you can do on the pleasure pond with your with your little craft. It's quite a different technical challenge to take a. A working tug into the sea and return back to harbour safely.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I remember my time in the navy, Simon, and and the importance of of the safety with the tugs as well when we were coming into land or, or you know or, or, or leaving. One of the things that was popping into my head just as we were discussing the on the basis of we're touching on the safety side of things, and, and what I was thinking of more would there be any any staff on board uh, an autonomous? I'm guessing there's got to be some you know engineering etc. You know does that what would it save in sort of personnel?
1: I think there's a spectrum of people on board to answer that question. I mean, will will we see a, a vessel that's truly operating with nobody on board? You know, I, I don't know. I think it's entirely possible. We can already yeah. talk about reducing the manning on a vessel. That, that's something that, that we can talk about right now. We can have a situation where one onshore pilot is perhaps commanding or providing guidance to multiple vessels so that you start to see some reductions there. And when we talk about particularly ultra large container vessels, if you're able to do something that that reduces the manning on the vessel, it's not just the saving in the manning, but you've got to remember that these vessels are are paid for by the people who put the containers on there. The more containers you can put on a vessel, the more efficient that journey is, the more cost competitive it is, and the better for the environment it is, you've got more more containers on the same vessel. So if you're taking people off the vessel, you're reducing the hotel infrastructure that you need, and that creates that space. So there's a there's a range of, of answers to the question. It's somewhere in the middle between where we are today and, and where we are in the future. Yep. Perhaps a very perhaps a very simple answer to that, or an illustration is Rolls Royce already sell a sell a product that's that's a um, an auto crossing system for ferries for simple A to B journeys. So the, so the captain, once he leaves the harbour uh, or, or the dock, he's got his passengers, he leaves He leaves a certain boundary distance, presses the button. The ferry will take itself across to the next checkpoint where the captain resumes control to, to park the vessel. But that's an interim, let's say, an interim stage of getting to a full autonomous vessel journey. Whilst that vessel is sailing between A and B automatically, of course, he can do other things. He can You could go and make coffee. You can go and collect tickets. You can you can do those things. So you're already seeing some possible savings in not having such a large crew on board a a fairly simple passenger ferry uh, system like that. And and those those exist now. We're we're selling those systems into the Nordic ferry market.
0: That was going to bring me on my next question is where where are we at in the process? so where how long could it possibly be before? Or might be a you know I don't know you mentioned that may or may not be a completely autonomous vessel that's, that doesn't need a crew etc can be can be controlled from shore what do you see as a sort of forecast and time scales for that
1: we talk about a number of autonomy levels from zero up to four so so right now we're at let's say zero level where we've got some intelligent awareness around the vessel so we we're capable of equipping a vessel with a number of sensors and cameras so it can understand not only where it is in time and space, but but where is everything else that's around it and start to to put some some, uh, predictive technology into what may or may not happen with those other objects that are around it and its particular journey. And we're doing that right now and and we'll continue to develop that kind of baseline technology as we go to level one and, and level one, which is, Partial automation, we might call it a periodically unmanned bridge, as I was describing a few minutes ago. And I think there, 2019, 2020, and onwards, I think that's that's the kind of timescale we're looking at. So into next year, probably for that. Then we get to level two, where we're really moving into let's say remotely controlled vessels that are controlled from land with remote operation centers. And again, you know, 2020 and beyond short trips, we're getting into 23. And really, if we talk about ocean going remote, remote and autonomous vessels, we're probably at the kind of 2025 mark uh, and onwards. So that's the, that's the vision we have there, the timelines that we think about. But one of the really exciting aspects is that when we started talking about this, and we were really the first in the industry to talk about this only three or four years ago, these horizons were much longer than that. We've seen other players come in. We've seen the technology develop much faster than we anticipated. So I can I can sit here today and talk about twenty twenty five. Ask me again in eighteen months and I might be talking about twenty twenty two as the technology <laughs> exponentially improves.
0: Amazing I mean that's not even that long away. You know, this is really groundbreaking technology. And I know Rolls Royce is spearheading this in and- And with any groundbreaking technology, you know, if you take um, autonomous vehicles as well with Google, you know, a a big challenge that they, you know, and Tesla or whatever, you know, one of the main challenges that comes up often, Simon, is, um, you know, the the need to attract the right calibre of people to drive a project as such, and also the right supply chain partners when it comes to, is that a challenge that you see? Uh, You're exactly
1: right, Terry, it's Probably the largest challenge that we face in in this project is is not only finding partners with capable hardware uh, for us to talk about things like sensors and intelligent awareness kits that we that we sell now uh, to vessels, but it's the what what I rather simplistically say is the brain power that sits behind developing the algorithms, the thinking, the the, the planning of these of these technology changes we do it through a number of routes and and to that end 2017 was a particularly busy year for for us in in this area we formed partnerships within marsat on satellite communications we signed a letter of intent with google themselves to to work with their machine learning algorithms and we also formed a partnership with the european space agency because they have um, a vast amount of experience in, in right, first time, critical, it, it, you know, it must work first time, right. thinking and technology. So we we form these really senior relationships with those companies who we believe can help us at a fundamental level. And then, of course, we are trying to attract both suppliers into the supply chain, but also individuals who have these skills and knowledge and, and, and ability to join the project and help us get to where we want to get to.
0: I've spent a lot of time having a wee look online before our podcast and doing a bit of research, Simon. There's a lot of good content online. So if you're driving in the car at the minute and you're listening in, you know, when you get home, you know, you can type into Google, you know, the Rolls-Royce Ship Intelligence Programme. What I've seen is a a couple of good videos as well on YouTube. So you want to find out a wee bit more, pop on there and have a wee look to see what Simon and the guys are doing, which is, which is, as I said, it's really groundbreaking. It's fascinating. I can't wait to see how, how things develop over the coming years. If you are listening and you feel that as an individual or your company could add value to the Rolls Royce Ship Intelligence Programme, and you want to get in touch with Simon to kind of see where that could progress, and uh, please do drop myself an email, which is Terry at bonfire recruitment.com, and I'll put you in touch with Simon directly. As I say, it's the biggest challenge. That, you know, one of the biggest challenges Simon will face is getting the right people on board as well as the right supply chain partners to take us to the next level. So, you know, I'm sure if you could add value to that, I'd be delighted to hear from you. Hey, Simon, is there anything else you want to add at all?
1: No, just this great opportunity, and I, I get very enthusiastic talking about this subject. It's it's a it's a rare honour to be involved in in a project such as this, which is truly changing the way that we, we consider and think about commercial shipping and we'll continue to do so for a long time.
0: Yeah, and, and, and the beauty of this, you know, it's something and such, such a scale and the opportunity as well, getting involved in that, you know, it's something that's going to change the face completely. Yeah. You know, as, as the title of the podcast is, is Defining the Future of Shipping. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. And Simon, I really appreciate you taking the time. I'm sure the listeners appreciate you taking the time as well to give us some some insight into the the programme. Guys, that brings us to the end of this week's Manufacturing Ignition podcast. I would like to thank Simon from Rolls-Royce for joining us and taking us through this week's Hot Topic. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed the show. And until next week...